Well, I'm excited to be able to be here with you all, and uh, it's, a, it's an appropriate day to do uh, a baby dedication because we are talking about a woman of the faith whose life was really centered around this idea of what it meant to live in God's purpose as she was a mother. Someone who sought after and pursued uh, the, the will and the purpose of God, but, but spent a lot of time waiting. And I want to encourage you, I think this, this message is especially for those of you who feel like you're in a season of waiting. You know, perhaps you found yourself at church, trusting God, doing the Christian thing. Perhaps you found yourself uh, looking for God's promise to be fulfilled in your life. And, and you've, you've tried to be faithful as the days pass and the weeks pass and the months pass and the years pass and maybe even the decades pass. And there have been moments where you've asked yourself, where's, where's the promise, God? Where, where is the fulfillment of the promise that you gave me? How do we live in this, in this time and season of waiting? Maybe, maybe you're here and, and you don't necessarily have a promise that you're holding on to uh, and you're, you're not really necessarily thinking about God's promises and his purposes for your life, I want to encourage you that God does have plans and, and purposes and, and he wants you to live in, in, this, in this stream of his blessing, in this stream of his promises, but they happen as a result of exercising faith, of, of believing and hoping for something that you, you really won't see until later. Um, so we're going to look at the life of, of Sarah, the, the wife of Abraham. Thank, thank you. She's my buddy. I'm sorry. She's awesome. Uh, all right. So we're going to read out of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11. Contrary to other weeks, we have one verse. So I, we're going to do this so good. Everyone, if you could stand up. Uh, if you're new, we, we read the word of God out loud together. It is benefit to us all. Um, so we're going to read this one verse, and then I'm going to pray, and then we'll, we'll get, get started. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Father God, you are faithful. You are faithful when we feel it, and you are faithful when we don't feel it. You are faithful to your promises when we are not faithful and you are faithful to your promises when we are waiting faithfully. God, you're a God who doesn't make empty promises. So I pray that as we look at the life of Sarah that you would, you would stir up in our hearts faith to believe the promises that you've given us in your word. Promises of your, your love, promises of your care, promises of your health and your healing, promises of your provision, promises of your future that we would be able to live not in cynicism and bitterness, but we'd be able to live lives free and faith-filled. Not because we can conjure some sort of emotional response, but because we're trusting a God who is faithful. That we're standing on solid ground when we step out in faith. God, would you be with us right now? Holy Spirit, would you move in this people? Would you address the issues of the hearts in this room? by your word and by your power. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. amen.
I want to encourage you. I'm going to put it out front, out out ahead of time. I want to encourage you to trust in the God who is faithful through your waiting. It's so easy to trust God when you're at VBS and every day's fun. If you don't know, VBS is Vacation Bible School. If you grew up in church, that's, it's basically camp. It's Christian camp. Sometimes it's weird. Sometimes it's not. All the time it's Bible verses and songs. And, and, and it, it, it's easy to have faith when that's happening. When everyone's asking, you know, did you read your Bible verse? Yes, I read my Bible verse. Great. You're worshiping God. Did you pray? Awesome. We prayed. Did you paint that house and build the thing and do the stuff? And, and you're doing all the things because you're actively kind of stepping into what God has. It's easy to have faith at that point. It's hard to have faith when Monday comes around and, and adulthood comes around and parenting comes around and relational challenges come around and, and you see God saying, you know, I've redeemed you for a purpose. You know, in Christ I am loved, that the Father has poured out his love by his Holy Spirit, that, that God will never, never, never forsake me but we find ourselves in, in, in situations where we feel forsaken. We feel unloved. We feel disconnected. We feel the pain of real suffering in our bodies. We feel, we feel the pain of real brokenness in the world around us. You know, Jesus, you came to establish a kingdom, a kingdom of holiness, of, of wholeness. Then why is there still brokenness in the world? Why is my life still riddled with brokenness? Why is my family still riddled with brokenness? And it's in that moment of waiting where we're challenged to look at what God says. In, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, the writer of Hebrews says this, Now faith is the assurance of what? Things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Now for Sarah, she had lived her life looking forward to things hoped for and not seen. This was a woman who grew up in a culture where really your worth and your value as a woman was defined by bearing children. You, you're, you were considered blessed if you had them and you, can, you were considered cursed if you didn't. And, and her, star, her story really begins in chapter 12 with, with in chapter 12 of Genesis with, with Abram's story, her husband, and he calls, the Lord calls Abram out of his country to go to this, this promised land that Abram didn't know about. And, and wives, you can probably relate to this if you've got a spontaneous husband who's like, hey, we've got plans, we're going to go do stuff. What are we going to do? I don't know, just follow me, get in the car. Wait, what? No, I, give me a calendar, give me a time, give me a, what's the plan here? God, he's going to download it when we get there. Get where? I don't know. How are we getting there? We're just going to start going. Where? That way. That, that's the situation that, that Sarah finds herself in. It says this, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him. Now Abram was about 75. Uh, Sarah was about 65. And what's funny is I don't, we don't know whether or not Sarah was in on this conversation. So Abram is like, okay, God's got a plan for me. He met with me. I talked to the, I talked to the Lord. We're going to go do this thing. And then you, you imagine them sitting around the table and, and, and Sarah's like, wait, you talked to who? And we're doing what? Oh, it's, it's cool. It was God. 
okay, well, I'm a, I'm a submissive wife. The Bible says I, I'm going to follow my husband because I'm trusting the Lord in this process. And so she, she begins to follow him. And, and the promise was that I will make you a great nation. So perhaps she didn't quite know, but there were hints at this point of, okay, well, how are we going to become a great nation? I mean, are we going to become a great tribe? Because right now we're not even a tribe. We're not even really a, we're kind of, we're family, husband, wife, but we're not really a family family. We don't have any children. And so in this moment, the seeds of hope, the seeds of a promise had been sown. And she was 65. If you're 25 in this room and you feel like God's not met you in your purposes, don't worry. Just wait 35 years, 40 years. (laughs) Then you'll begin to step into your your promises. Sarah had been waiting at this point, probably for a child, and her, her expectation would have been to bear a child and to build a family, and, and she sets out in faith. We're not sure of what level of faith, but she follows Abraham, and that certainly required a level of faith, and every wife in this room says amen. Um, and they step out and they go. And in the story of Abraham, we see that God continues to, to clarify this promise, to clarify this covenant that he's establishing with Abraham. And so we see in chapter 15, skipping ahead a little bit, after Abraham rescues Lot, and if you don't know about that, go ahead and read, you know, 12, 13, 14 uh, of Genesis. But in chapter 15, God comes back to Abram and says this, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, fear not, for, for I am your shield, your reward shall be very great. Abram had done a great job of, of protecting Lot and he had, he had uh, trusted God for provision and so God is kind of responding to his faith. Verse two says this, but Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. This guy who's working in my house, is, he's gonna get all my stuff. I mean, he's a nice guy, but he's not, he's not an Abrahamite. And Abram said, behold, you've given me no offspring and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, look towards the heavens and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. Now again, this was a conversation between whom? Abraham and God. And so Sarah is not only having to exercise faith to believe that promise, but exercise faith that God has spoken accurately and, and, and Abraham has heard accurately and that she can entrust her life continually to this promise that now involves her having a lot of children. He's like, oh, okay, well, uh, it'd be really great if I could have a conversation. Can I get on God's calendar and can we talk? Because I, I'm doing my best here, but I'm having this problem. Sarah still has no children. It says in verse six, or chapter 16, now Sarah, Abram's wife, had, been, had borne him no children. And so she, in her effort to see the promise and, and address the promise, and, and probably in her effort to love her husband and, and try to, you know, this is what she, he wants me to be. We, we're going to be a big family. We're going to be a blessing to the nations. God's made this huge promise. Okay, I've got a plan. Let's do this. And Sarah kind of steps out with her own plan. And guys, we're not off the hook because Abraham agrees to this plan. They, they decide that Abraham should 
Mary, Sigar, uh, uh, Sarah's servant, Hagar. So Abraham marries Hagar and they have a, a child and that is not God's plan as God, God later reveals. And, and as a side note, when we talk about faith, when, when you think about faith in your life, the challenge of faith is that you have to trust God. If you take God's plan into your own hands, it's no longer faith. If, if you see in the Bible where it says in Matthew that, that, you know, don't worry about tomorrow, trust in God, he's going to provide, and you're like, okay, God's going to provide, so I am going to finagle my way into getting the money that I need and doing the things that I need. There's nothing wrong with, with working hard, getting a job, getting two jobs, doing what you have to do. There is something wrong with, with striving and trying to do things out of your own strength. And there's definitely things wrong with, with not living with integrity in an effort to try and provide. Hey, uh, Sarah had tried to, to circumvent, tried to kind of skip ahead. You know, I remember uh, in, when I was growing up, we had Super NES and uh, Nintendo, and, and you had these things called um, Game Genies. Does anyone remember this? Am I the only nerd in this room? Okay, cool. Um, well, for those of you who spent your life in better ways, a Game Genie was this thing. It, you had a cartridge for your video games. You didn't just, and if you're new, the internet was not a thing, so you had a box. It was like an Xbox, but without the internet. And you put these things in it, not discs. They were these like rectangular cartridges, and, and you played your game. And, and this Game Genie was a thing you put your cartridge into the Game Genie, and then you put the Game Genie into the NES, and it allowed you to cheat. <laughs> you could, you know, you could have all the lives, you could have all the, the, the weapons, you could have all the things, and you were totally awesome. But you were really had no skill. <laughs> but it doesn't matter when you're winning. <laughs> and, and the thing about it is, is there's no Game Genie for God's promises. The moment you try to circumvent that, you, you really dismantle part of what God's trying to accomplish in this faith journey. Abraham and Sarah had made a mess of things. Now, the, the good news is that, you know what God doesn't do? He doesn't just be like, you, you guys are knuckleheads, I quit. I'm just gonna go find someone else. That, that guy Tom down the street, he's, his name isn't Abraham, but he'll help me. He'll listen. No, he, he goes and we see in verse, or chapter 17, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him again and said, I am God Almighty. I am God Almighty. Abraham, you're not God Almighty. I am God Almighty. And walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between you and me and may multiply you greatly. Let me do my job, Abraham. I don't know that he had that kind of emotion but I think, I think the, the meaning is there. Then Abraham, or Abram fell on his faith and, face and God said to him, behold, my covenant is with you and you shall be a father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham for I've made you a father of a multitude of nations. So Abram meant father of many, Abraham, father of many nations. So not only does God not punish them, but God comes back and says, you know what? I'm going to do one better. I'm going to bless you and I'm going to help clarify this vision for you. I will make you exceedingly fruitful and I will establish my covenant. And he goes on to say in verses 15 and 16, 
God said to Abraham, as for Sarah, your wife, you shall not call her Sarah, Sarai with an I, but you shall call her Sarah. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. So he's like, just in case you didn't understand the first time, which clearly you didn't, I will bless her, Sarah, Sarah, your wife, and she shall become, she shall become nations. Kings of people shall come from her. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said, he said to himself, shall a child be born to a man who is 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Again, God is so gracious, right? Abraham is laughing at God's plan. Not like, oh, I'm so happy, but God, that is ridiculous. Do you not see that I am 100 years, I am old? In another place, it says he is as good as dead. That's in the Bible. That's not me. And yet God continues to work with this guy, continues to work with Sarah, who is 90. Again, how long have you been waiting? We're having this adulting is messing panel and we're gonna say a lot of encouraging things. Part of what I wanna say to you is just, just hold on. Just relax. You're in your 20s. It's gonna be okay. You haven't come into your purposes yet. You know what? Wait about 60 or 70 more years. Some of you are like, I can't do that. I'm, I'm being facetious, but, but sometimes God calls us, usually God calls us, almost always God calls us to wait longer than we want to. If, if we weren't waiting longer than we wanted to, it wouldn't be waiting. Sarah was 90 years old. And again, step back. Okay, we're talking about Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. But imagine, imagine Sarah. You know, God's got a plan for us. We're going somewhere. Where are we going, sweetheart? I don't know. Okay, giddy up. All right. And then God, he came and spoke to me. I'm gonna, we're going to have children. We're gonna be a, I'm going to be a multitude of nations. Okay, well, I, clearly I'm barren here. Take this lady and, oh yeah, sounds like a great idea. I don't think it's a great idea. Why do you think it's such a great idea? I don't know. I'm sorry. Let's, you know, the whole Hagar thing, who knows how that turned out badly. And then after that, God comes back and still says, you are going to be the father of many. Sarah is going to be the mother of many. And, and she's 90. And she's probably tired. And not just physically tired, emotionally tired. I am tired of believing. I am tired of waiting. I am tired of trusting. Are you tired of waiting? Are you tired of trusting? When Monday comes, do you just take a deep breath and, oh, another week. You're probably exactly where God wants you. Yes. It's not where you want to be. <laughs> but when we can get to a place of not constantly depending on our own strength, when we can get to a place of, of, of clearly, if God doesn't do something, I am going to die. This is not going to work. God is happy to wait you out to get glory. And if you want to test them, you just try. And listen to, to Elder JC, because he's like, no, don't do that. That's, that's, bad, that's bad advice. Don't wait them out. Sarah had been waiting for decades to have children. She'd been waiting. Sarah was, Sarah was hurting. In, in chapter 18 of, of Genesis, it says this, and the Lord appeared to Abraham by the oaks of Mamre, and he sat down 
he sat down at the door of his tent at the heat of the day, um, and, and he met this person who was, ended up being the Lord. And the Lord was with him, and he said to him, where's Sarah, your wife? And he said, she's in the tent. The Lord said, I will surely return to you about this time next year. So she's about 90. She's in the tent. I'm going to return and this time next year, and Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. And Sarah, Sarah was listening at the tent door behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, advanced in years. The way of women had ceased to be with Sarah. That's a very delicate way of saying she was too old for this whole thing. So Sarah laughed, at her, laughed to herself. There's a lot of cynical laughter between these two. <laughs> Which gives me a lot of hope as a sign. Because <laughs> can, we can all be cynical, right? So Sarah laughed to herself and said, after, that, after I am worn out and my Lord is old, shall I have pleasure? You're going to, really? Really, God? Okay. That's all right. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh and say, shall I indeed bear a child now that I'm old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? Friends, that's, that's a rhetorical question. The answer is no. At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year and Sarah shall have a son. Sarah laughs and God says, challenge accepted. But Sarah denied it. <laughs> she, I didn't laugh. I did not laugh, she said, for she was afraid, rightly so. And he said, no, but you did laugh. And that's how that conversation ended. <laughs> you laugh at God. He hears you and says, why is she laughing at me? I didn't laugh at you, but you did. <laughs> and I'll be back in a year. Oh, great. As a side note, the Bible's funny. Um... If you'll read it. <laughs> I was not trying to. T- Come on, Pastor Elder JC. I was not trying to do that, but he is. So take it up with him. But let me get back. So Sarah was hurting. We're almost done here. Sarah was hurting. You may be hurting. Legitimately. And we're making light of Sarah because it's, it is funny. But she was hurting. Bitterness and bitter laughter doesn't come out of a place of wholeness. And if you're hurting, God cares. He doesn't, that, that exchange was the most critical that we see God being with Sarah in that moment. He doesn't give up on her. He doesn't say, you know what? You, you don't believe in me, fine. No, he says, I, I'm coming back and we're both gonna have a laugh. If you're hurting, don't let your hurt turn into bitterness. God is happy for you to hurt toward him. He is happy for you to express your pain to him. He's happy for you to explain, I don't understand why I'm still here. I don't understand why I haven't seen this promise Don't give up on God. He's not giving up on you. (laughs) 
We all want to experience the power of God's faithfulness, but most of us don't want to experience the circumstances that require faith. God promises his peace, and yet we believe what anxiety tells us. God promises his fatherly love, yet we believe that we're unlovable. God promises his holiness and purity and wholeness, yet we believe that we'll never be able to break free of this or that particular sin. If you're in that situation, the solution is not to quit, it's to press into God who has promised. He's not offended by your pain. You know, when, when my kids come to me and they, they don't understand the plan, what I don't do is just say, you know what, I'm done with you. No, they're, they're my kids. They're my kids. They're not gonna stop being my kids. And if you're in Christ, if you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you, if you walked away and you're not quite sure, you're his kid. He's not gonna quit on you. You may wanna quit on him, but he's, he's pretty tenacious. You know, Paul says it, what, what God has started in you, he's gonna finish. Sometimes to your chagrin. If you're in a season of waiting and are hurting, remember that faith is the instrument of God's faithfulness in your life and faith requires that you begin to try and see what you cannot. See, the reality is, is, is we a lot of times have this clear view of our future and we're like, I see what's ahead. And then pain gets in front of us. And we're like, well, I can still kind of see what's ahead and then brokenness gets in front of us. And like, well, I, I see it's right there. And life tries to do this thing of getting in front of, of what God has said. And what you need to say, what we talked about is saying, no, Yeshua, no. Yeshua, Jesus. Not, not saying that these, don't, these things don't exist, but they don't get to be in the front. They don't get to, to, to define my future. They may be present realities, but they don't get to define what God has said. And that's not, even, that's not an attack on you. That's attack on, an attack on God's glory. The things in your life that would try to militate against what God has said about your life are attacks on God, and God says no. He is jealous for his own glory. He will not allow these things to, to be things that glorify them. Your, your positive times and your negative times are going to be moments where God is going to get glory. That's why in Romans, Paul says, God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. God is able to take your good circumstances and your bad circumstances, your times in waiting, your times in, in between faith and the promise, and he takes all of that and he makes himself look amazing and he does it for your good. Some of you need to go and look at all the things that are trying to, to, to get in front of your, your picture of faith and say no. That's not, and we're not, we're not, it's not a fairy tale. We're not saying that doesn't exist. I'm a fairy. That doesn't exist. I'm Cinderella. I'm Prince. No, we're not saying that. Your struggles really do exist. But you know who exists who's more real than any reality that we could ever experience? Is the God of the universe. Come on, bring it. I will. Yeah, I will. And Sarah. For Sarah, the transition from bitterness and bitter laughter to joyful laughter was a shift from doubting to trusting God. You know, the truth was she was beyond the age to conceive. She was, she was too old by the world's, well, by, by biology standards. 
not just the world's standards. Now, Abraham and Sarah were very old and advanced in age. The way of women had ceased to be with her. And that's the Bible. She did not have the power to conceive within and of herself. It says in, in verse 11, by faith, Sarah herself received power. She didn't have the power. She had to get it from an external source. But through her circumstances, God created an opportunity for her to exercise faith. If you're in a season of waiting, it's because God wants to do something. If you're already full, there's no point in presenting a meal to you. Maybe you're hungry and you're like, I'm super hungry, God, what's the deal? And God's just, just give me a second. I'm almost done. You know, it's in the oven. Faith and food, that's me. God will allow you to experience periods of waiting to grow your faith. And often when we wait, we think the point is the resolution when God says, no, the point is the journey. God is working his purpose while we wait. You know, I've experienced a lot of things um, where I was like, if only life was like this. If only, you know, my health was perfect. If only the health of those in my family was perfect. If only we had this kind of life and this kind of house and this kind of situation and yet in those moments where God is taking me from my, my discomfort into something else, it's those moments where God changes and transforms me. God, and God was making Abraham and Sarah examples of the faith that he wanted them to be for us. And, and right now, if you're waiting, God is making you a person who relies on his promises rather than your own power. Sarah received power from God. She, she conceived and bore Isaac. And Isaac, you know what it means? It means he laughed. There was so much laughter, God was like, you're gonna name him Isaac. God is super funny, man. I mean, every time, it's not just like, oh, you know, it's a happy ending. We're gonna name you Isaac. No, he's like, you're gonna remember every time you see that kid that you laughed at me. <laughs> every time, oh, okay. Name him Isaac. And it says in Genesis chapter 21, we're almost done. I said that a moment ago and I lied. I'm sorry. The Lord visited Sarah and he had, as he had said, and the Lord did to Sarah as he had promised. And Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the time at which God had last spoken to him. Abraham called the name of his son, which was born to him, whom Sarah bore him, Isaac. And Abraham circumcised his son, and Isaac was, when, when Isaac was eight days old, um, and Sarah said, God has made laughter for me. Everyone who hears will laugh over me. And she said, who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children, yet I have borne him a son in his old age? Do you hear, do you hear the, just the joy in her? Like, you know what? You guys can laugh. I'm going to laugh too. God has done it. God has done it. God is going to take you through seasons of mourning and loss. And I don't say that as a curse. I just say that as, as the means by which he, he does things in our life. And if you're in a season of waiting, if you're, if you're not really sure how you're navigating this thing, my encouragement would be not to look to your circumstances, but look to the God who is the God of your circumstances. Not to your sin that besets you, but to the God who's overcome your sin. 
not to the brokenness in your life, but to the God who, who heals and restores all brokenness. The psalmist reflects on this, and he says in Psalm 30, you have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You've loosed my sackcloth. Sackcloth was something that you put on when you were mourning, when you were grieving. And clothed me with gladness that my glory might sing your praise and not be silent. O oh Lord, my God, I will give thanks for you, to you forever. That's the promise put before us. If you're in this room and, and you're waiting, my encouragement to you would be to, in your waiting, look to the God who's made promises and trust him. Don't trust what you can see. Don't trust what you can hear. Don't trust what you can feel. Trust the God who has proven himself to be faithful over and over and over again.